as we've witnessed across the country over the last month, attitudes and feelings about how we deal with all sorts of racial issues are changing rapidly. One of the issues that sometimes falls below the radar is how we treat our native brothers and sisters, except when it comes to the names of sports teams. Jennifer K. Falcon is the communications coordinator of the Indigenous Environmental Network. Jennifer, I grew up watching sports because, you know, my dad put the games on TV when I was a little kid, and I just learned to call the Chiefs the Chiefs. As America wakes up, I want to wake up too. Help me understand why it's not okay to use names like the Chiefs, the Indians, the Redskins, the Braves. Why is that not okay? Well, mascots based on negative stereotypes of indigenous people is really harmful to the representation of our people, as well as the way indigenous kids grow up viewing themselves. So when you grew up even watching Westerns, there was this imagery of Native Americans being savages, or it it really dehumanizes us. So it's so important to have these conversations because even for me, the Redskins is just so traumatic for me. So I'm a firstborn urban Indian. My grandparents moved from the Fort Peck reservation in Northern Montana to a rural city that was majority white outside of Denver. And my uncle was uh, just entering high school when they moved there. And he was an indigenous man. We were raised to be very proud of our culture. And my uncle actually wore braids. And when they first moved to there and he entered this high school that was predominantly white, they had never really interacted with other indigenous people before. The football team actually held my uncle down and cut off his braids and called him a redskin while they were doing it. So, you know, my uncle's in his 60s now. So even way back then, there was already this negative connotation of those kinds of words being used against us. They've been weaponized against us. And that trauma has followed my uncle throughout his whole life of just internalizing that racism. So I guess with what's happening now, I guess I think the Redskins, the the Washington football team announced today that they're probably going to change to the Warriors. I mean, the, the conversation's happening more and more and we're becoming aware of it. Are you seeing positive changes or is it too little too late? Or what's your thoughts on the current situation of the discussion? Um, I don't, I'm hesitant to say it's too little too late. Uh, I think anytime we're having these conversations, it's important. And I definitely think like the labor from the Black Lives Matter movement and this like uprising right now has really also put a focus on indigenous people and violence to black bodies is often hyper visible where we see it so much. And um, I think as Larry had stated earlier, is you don't necessarily think about indigenous people as much because our issues are so hyper invisible and we have been kind of erased from American history beyond these like stereotypes of chiefs and Pocahontas that don't really represent who we are as people. So I think these conversations are important to have. And I think that this movement has made us really start thinking about the racism in our language in America and really the history of America and examining it a lot more. Yeah, sort of along those lines, Jennifer, I'm assuming part of your job is to explain to people what happened to the native and indigenous people in America. Do most people know about what happened to the Trail of Tears, you know, relegating people to reservations, broken trees? Does does the average American know what happened to the native people? It may depend on where you grew up, right? And, And the 
climate there. So I currently live in Texas and we've been kind of erased as well as slavery has been erased from like our history books. I remember, um, as I had mentioned, you know, I, I was the first of my family to be born uh, in an urban area. And I remember going to school also in these all white school districts and the way they talked about us and Thanksgiving and Columbus and sometimes also being a little bit embarrassed because my mom would come into school and educate every classroom and like was a very loud vocal parent on like you are not teaching indigenous history the right way and so i i think that does have a huge uh impact in the way that we view indigenous people because of the lens we're taught that you know uh, settlers came here, indigenous people just welcomed them with open arms and like everything was great and just willingly gave their land and we don't talk about the genocide that actually happened by settlers taking that land through violence um, and violence towards our women. We see Columbus statues being pulled down and Columbus started human trafficking for indigenous people and that is still such an epidemic for us that we deal with with Indigenous Environmental Network where we have extractive industry like uh, pipelines and fracking, building industrial man camps in our communities in which bring these transient workers and actually have increased uh, our numbers of missing and murdered Indigenous people and human trafficking in our tribal areas. So I think these are important conversations to have for sure. And everything's kind of like the history and the fact that we're not taught this history definitely connects to where we are today in our relationship with indigenous people. Something that I really liked on your website, ienearth.org, you have your goals. And the first one says educate and empower indigenous people to address and develop strategies for the protection of our environment, our health, and all life forms. It's the circle of life. I think the naming of professional teams is maybe what the mainstream's paying attention to, but it sounds like you guys are really focusing on lots of other issues that are impact everyone. Uh, can you talk more about like I guess you said you're you're focusing on fracking, but I'm from Texas, and I know that environment is not at the top of most people's list. That sounds like a uphill battle. What's it like working on those types of issues in Texas? Yeah, so I'm actually currently live in San Antonio, Texas, and I just ran a campaign um, against our Texas legislature against the anti-protest bill that they just passed in this past session last year, which penalizes anybody who is protesting infrastructure. It's a very broad bill that will be able to put us into jail, uh, prison, and charge us with felonies if we are, if they deem we're trying to protest this critical infrastructure in a wrong way. And so it's so funny because this actually also ties into the Redskins because we have FedEx calling out the Redskins, right? Mm -hmm. Well, capitalism is directly tied to racism and FedEx is actually a member of Alex, the American Legislative Executive commission who writes all of these anti-protest bills and then gives them to Republicans to pass throughout the country. So we have 14 water protectors in Louisiana that FedEx helped sponsor this bill who are facing felony charges for trying to protect their own land in which they own against the tail end of the Dakota Access Pipeline in Indian Bayou in Louisiana. 
And these indigenous women are all now facing felonies under this law that FedEx actually is complicit in helping make and create across the country. And so they are also putting indigenous bodies in prison, you know? So that's something people haven't really talked about. And I think that's why IEN is also careful. Like, of course, we do not want any um, mascots, but we also want to talk about the way capitalism also commodifies black and indigenous and brown bodies and kind of dehumanizes us all and is killing our earth. And we all need, uh, you know, climate change is an epidemic that is impacting us all here in San Antonio. We just entered stage one drought. Racial atrocities have been going on since the history of our country. And it's heartbreaking to hear what happens to George Floyd. But in light of George Floyd's death, the Black Lives Matter movement gets to have this month in the spotlight in our country. I just think if one of these owners, Chiefs, Indians, Redskins, Braves, changed the name, it would really help bring to light what the Native and Indigenous people have gone through. I mean, if you could, I mean, what would you say to one of those owners if you could tell them or had a meeting with them right now? Well, I would, of course, encourage them to change the name and also choose something besides the warriors, something that is not related to indigenous peoples at all. But, you know, we've been asking them to change the name for a long time. Uh, we've had the American Indian movement protesting, you know, outside of the Cleveland Indians. This has been a long standing thing. I know when Dallas has their Cowboys versus Indians or Redskins, game in Dallas, you know, there's indigenous people out there every year protesting. And there's also settlers who are dressed uh, in racist characters of indigenous people outside of these games as well and trying to say, like, we're honoring you. But if we're telling you that this is not, this does not honor us, you should probably just try to lean into that and understand and listen to those people that if you are indeed trying to honor us, kind of try to also honor us by listening to our voices. Thank you so much. If you guys want to donate or find out more information, you can go to the ienearth.org. They have a link on the right side of the page to donate. I want to thank you again, Jennifer Falcon from the Indigenous Environmental Network for joining us today. I really appreciate it for one, being enlightened by what you have to say. Thank you so much for having me.